All right, before we get started today, I need your help. I need your support. I really want this podcast to grow, but I need you to help me in this effort. I need you to go to iTunes if you're using Apple products. I need you to go to Google if you're using Android. And also subscribe on those channels so I can get your support. And don't just subscribe. Share this podcast information with others. Share it. Share it on your Instagram. Share it on your YouTube channel. Share it. Share it on your Facebook page. I need your support. We want our numbers to grow. We want to impact the community more with faith-based communications. I'm here to do it. I just need your support. Thanking you in advance. Appreciate you very much. Welcome to Season 2 with Dr. Annette West. This show is coming to you from a holistic and faith-based view, sharing varied topics, occasional interviews, and discussions. The purpose of this show is to help us to build up our mind, our body, and our spirit I want to give a shout out to Dr. Sax Love for allowing this show use of his jazz instrumental, Funk Jazz. Now, let's get started with Dr. Annette West's topic for today. Good day, everyone. Dr. Annette West here this week from Dr. Annette West Speaks Podcast. This week, we have a interview. We will not just be interviewing a book author this week, but we will be interviewing an entrepreneur, one of my specialty areas. So I am really, uh, I feel blessed to have Derek Ty with us on the show today. Welcome, Derek. Hello, how are you doing? Just wonderful. And um, let me share you just, just a little bit, just a little bit about Derek, and then I'm going to let him talk some. So as I was reading his bio, I love the words kingdom entrepreneur, kingdom entrepreneur. This is significant because sometimes people think, oh, I'm an entrepreneur, but then I'm a child of Christ, and it's two different things. So um, um, his book is great and how he's pulled it all together. I want to uh, read his mission statement to you. His personal mission statement is to build, inspire, and love people to live up to their God-given calling and live life to the fullest. Well, that's what we are supposed to be doing as disciples of the Most High God. And so, um, Derek, I want you to share just a little bit about your background with us 
and um, and then I'm gonna kind of go with questions as they hit me. I didn't pre-package any questions. I know I asked you for a little insight, but they're not pre pre-packaged. Let me say that much. Sure. Well, I'm honored to be on your show. I really appreciate the opportunity to, uh, you know, have a conversation about God. Uh, you know, whenever uh, we have a conversation about him, he's here with us. So I just thank thank him for that presence too. And I'll just ask the Holy Spirit to give me the right words mm, today to uh, yes. uh, to your listeners to bless them. And maybe they'll even hear different things. I'm not sure how the Holy Spirit works, but I do know that I just do my part, and hopefully things snap in the line. You know what I mean? I do. <laughs> I really do. Give us a um let let's start with a little bit about your book. And tell us sure. the name of your book. Um tell us where we can find it and then give us a little snapshot about your book. Sure. Well, I'd love to. So, uh so the name of the book is The Lord's Prayer for Entrepreneurs. Um, and the subtitle is actually a command. It's an embedded command as well, and it's unlock success and build God's kingdom through your business. Mm. So I'm actually getting some t-shirts made up for a, a, a prophetic conference I'm going to next week in California. And I'm going to have that on the front and back of the shirt. So people see, uh, it's actually a command when someone's going to be following and they say leaders are in front of you and you look in the tattoos of leaders in the military would have tattoos on the back because people were following behind that person. So I'm actually going to put that command on the back of the shirt. So when someone's behind me, figurative, literally, whatever, <laughs> they're going to see that command. I'm calling people up and calling people out to their true destiny. I like that. I like that. kind of reminds me of uh, Joshua when he was given, given his, um, his mantle. To, to go forward and lead and, and God talks to him about keeping God first and then he'll be able to make himself successful. So I like that. I like that. Yes. Yes. T-shirts. Um, uh, yeah. I, I've, had, I've had some uh, prophetic words over me that uh, I would be like a Joshua leading business mm. leaders into the promised land. I like that. So I feel like I'm a leader helping other leaders, which is like a, a true kingdom mandate for me. I feel like that's the, the ministry, so to speak, that God's put me in. That's good. And I and I could see and I could see that shirt <laughs> front and back of it. So I think that's a, a great idea. I think we don't have enough um we have a lot of people talking about making money, building this and building that, but not really understanding how to really unlock the success you talk about. And um, I think one of the things I saw when I was looking through, um, I think it was the introduction in your book, it might be, or the beginning, is where you were talking about um, how, you know, you gave the example of your dad and his ethic and then your mom and her ethic and how that has created your ethic of unlocking your success. And so I, I, it sounds like you had great examples, even two different spectrums on your parents, but yet still you were able to get a great balance that has helped you. And even though maybe every time you've started something, it hasn't always flowed to where you want it, you still put forth your best energy. Oh, definitely. And, you know, I, I, my whole path over the last uh, 15 years of being an entrepreneur, uh, you know, I, I, you asked me for a little background. I guess that would be a good time to give it to you. Okay. Um, you know, I, I actually had, um, you know, a, a mom who worked a corporate job. She was the breadwinner in our family. 
my dad was disabled, and I talk about that in the uh, in the book. And he kind of struggled to try to make ends meet. He tried, you know, like multi-level marketing kind of things. He did. He opened up his own antique store. He uh, tried to sell, um, you know, satellite dishes. He sold, you know, massage chairs. He did whatever he could to hustle to make some money. Um, but my mom kind of had the benefits and the, and the 401k and the kind of the steady job. She always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, but was never able to do that. So it was one of the driving forces for me as a young person. I got to see both sides of that. And my dad kind of told me before he died, um, which was about 20 years ago, he said, you know, Derek, uh, don't be an entrepreneur. Don't go into sales. So what did I do? I became an entrepreneur. <laughs> I do sales now. So, you know, it's kind of like one of those ironic twists of fate in life. Uh, but, you know, from his experience, he, he went with his worldview of, you know, he had a really tough life. Uh, since he was a little kid, he had some abandonment issues with his parents abandoned him. And, and then they just showed up one day and took him from where he was as a kid and completely changed his life. Um, so, you know, I saw a lot of those kind of uh, scarcity mentality kind of things happening in my dad's life. He was a super generous person, super loving person. But, you know, when it came to business and business success, he never experienced that. So it was easy for him to give advice to me in his worldview of, hey, Derek, play it safe, go work for a corporate kind of system uh and he believed in me instead of my mom they said you can be anything you want to be and you know i i thought okay i'm going to be a president of a corporation i'm going to go out and just kill the the business world what i didn't know is that at that time that path was not for me um the more and more i worked through the corporate systems which i talk about in the book i learned more and more how independent my thinking was and how i wanted to directly affect consumers with an idea and it may be something where we think of it today and tomorrow we're working on the plan versus like in a corporation it could be six months or a year and through five layers of bureaucracy before you could actually get something implemented so i really wanted that flexibility i wanted that uh, impact and honestly i just felt like this desire in my heart like god told me to go take some big risks but they're not risks that they're kingdom mandates right amen 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 but we look at, we think, oh my God, what do I have to give up to do this? You know, but um, I, 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 I love your sharing on your parents. And, and I see great perspective from each side. Even if your father wasn't able to do everything the way he thought he could do it, he still stayed committed to each thing that he sought out to do and he never gave up. So, you know, that's one of the things that we have to remember. We may have hit, we may have missed. We may have a lot of misses before we get a hit, you know? <laughs> and we just have to stay, we have to stay in, stay in the flow. Stay, keep the momentum, whether you make it successful in that particular thing or not. I think really the success is staying in. Yeah, I agree. And you think about like a pitcher in a baseball game, they might throw a slider, they might throw a fastball, they might throw a curveball, they might throw a changeup. They're still pitching the ball, right? They still have to throw the ball at the batter. You know, so if they, if we kind of, as entrepreneurs, sometimes we think, oh, I got some fastball and I'm just going to keep firing that fastball in. But we know any kind of baseball, if you have any knowledge of baseball, someone's going to go, oh, fastball is coming and then they hit it and they, it's a home run. So we have to learn, you know, that God may give us a changeup today he might give us a slider tomorrow or fastball but we got to be willing to listen to what he wants for our lives and we got to be willing to say you know what there might be a season of time where 
I'm supposed to do this, but maybe that season's changing. You know, we've got the, you know, in the Old Testament, we got, uh, I believe it was Elijah, the brook cherubim, and God's feeding him through ravens. And then there's a scripture in the Bible that says, and then the brook dried up. And then basically he had the, and then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Like, so the transition was, here was a season of time he was supposed to sit and wait on the Lord, and the Lord was going to provide for him. And then one day that season was over. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, we hold on to things too long. Like, well, I've always done it this way, or my parents had this business, and I'm supposed to just always have it, manage it. Or, you know, maybe something's not working anymore. Like, the, the leads are drying up, the sales are drying up. No one's coming to visit your store anymore. Maybe it's God's sign to say, you know what, this season of your life is over. It's time to move on. And I have to agree with you um, um, in respect to that, when knowing when that season is. My husband and I, we had a business for about, mm, I don't know, 12 or 13 years. Um, and it was a communications and management company. And we had a lot of contracts. And at some point we got, we were looking at each other and we were looking at our records and we were saying, hmm, looks like everybody else is getting a good salary except for us. <laughs> well. You know, it's like maybe, maybe it's time to make a shift, you know? And so we decided, you know, after we talked and we prayed and we looked at some things, we decided, you know, the best thing in that season was time to close it down. And that's what we did. And the good thing is we can look at, we can look back and see what we accomplished. We can see how we blessed a lot of people because we hired a lot of people who were coming out of uh, um, college who didn't have experience. So one of our goals was to give them experience so that when they would go into HR and go into management, they'd already have some skill sets to take with them. So that was our give back to, you know, to part of the community. But at some point it was like, okay, you've done that. It's time for you to step back. And as we look back, we've never regretted. Oh man. And I can tell you, I can, I can compliment that story as well. Like I, my wife and I, we talked about this a little bit in the book, but you know, about four years ago, um, I was doing pretty well in the real estate business as an entrepreneur. And I, we had this wildfire idea to start an app development company on the side. And so we invested about a hundred thousand dollars of our own money and cash into this you know startup and we threw time and resources behind it and favors into people that we knew and you know employees and we put all this money into it and it turned out three years later to be a complete bust we never made a dollar and we had to shut the whole thing down and you know i look back at it and you can choose to look back on it as like a bitter kind of experience and you know unforgiveness like i can't forgive myself what i've tried to do is decide you know what that was a great lesson in my field of favor. So I feel like everyone has been gifted uh, with not only uh, like a calling, which we have multiple callings. It could be husband, father, business leader, uh, you know, entrepreneur, church, uh, usher, whatever those callings are. But we also have what we call a field of favor, which is this is a, a divine appointed uh, thing that we're good at that God will give us a little desire for in our heart that he also gives us favor and influence in that area. So for my, for me, it was the real estate industry and I didn't realize it until after I'd wasted a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> chasing this dream into app development that that wasn't my field of favor. Mm -hmm. So what it did though, is sometimes your yeses and nos get kind of gray. Like, well, I don't know if this is a good yes. And I don't know if that's a real no, but the, this lesson I learned over those three to four years was Focus on the field of favor that God's given me and 
find areas that are complementary to that field of favor that are basically what I call intersecting circles. So we talked about this a little bit in the book, but basically, so I'll give you an example. So in the real estate industry, I became really good at the business of real estate. Well, the first part of that was real estate sales. So I became a real estate agent. I started making a good amount of money doing that. And I was selling about 100 homes a year. And then I decided, hey, I could become an investor in a market center. So I actually went in with a couple other investors in the real estate business and was able to open up my own real estate franchise of an international company. And then I was able to start buying investment properties, which is in the investment part of real estate. And then I was able to hire employees and do some other things. So at the end of the day, I also do coaching and teaching and some other things, but they're all around this this kind of circle, which is what I call the field of favor. So the real estate industry provided all these other opportunities for me to basically be able to make money, to have my entrepreneurial uh, kind of ADD moments where I can, <laughs> don't have to do the exact same things every day. Right. And now I'm encouraging other people, whatever your field of favor is, like my wife, she is a nutritionist. So for her field of favor, she is extremely good at helping people uh, with nutrition and to get their lives on track and get off prescription drugs and avoid yes, surgeries. That's great. So her, so her field of favor is that, but she was able to, to develop intersecting circles of businesses around that. Mm-hmm. So she has a podcast, she has an ebook, she has a cookbook, she has a coaching, she has an Amazon store. So now she has these little, I don't like to call them side hustles, but they're really kind of complementary business models yes. that go with her main objective, which is to help people with nutrition and health. Does that make sense? Well, it, it really does because... I've been focused on nutrition for quite a while. I'm not a nutritionist, but I am a health and wellness life coach. And um, just listening to what you were talking about just in your spouse and how she's pulled all these pieces together, it sounds like I need to connect with her because I'm kind of following in the same direction, you know? Oh, man. And she, she, um, here's a crazy story about her. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm her biggest fan. Uh, there might be someone else out there, but I doubt it. But uh, so we helped her start this podcast. She did. It started about two years ago. She has 335,000 downloads now on this podcast that she's done. It's been all over the world. It's in 100 countries have downloaded this podcast. And um, she just has this huge favor with people. And she has never really taken any money for it. It's like, it's more of just a passion project of hers, mm-hmm. but with that field of favor she created, it's been it's enabled her now to start monetizing yes. some of those some of those customers because they want to do business with someone they trust. They've listened to ninety something episodes of her on this podcast. They know she's not trying to sell them down the river on something, and now they're willing to pretty much buy whatever she's offering. Right. So, like, so she started this Amazon influencers page, and all she did was say, "Listen, here's all the items I buy." For me and my family, we have five kids and my husband. Here's the stuff I buy every day. Here's my Amazon shopping list. And she puts it out there. And within about 30 days, she's got like 200 sales on this website. People just going on there and going, oh, I didn't know you bought these kind of cookies or these kind of, you know, um, fat bombs or all these kind of things. We do a lot of keto uh, kind of lifestyle. Okay. A lot of our stuff is low carb and high fat. So when she started basically saying, listen, here's the stuff I buy every day. People were like thankful for it. Like it became like uh, another resource that they were able to jump on and they didn't have to go to the, 
Amazon they could guess what they needed. It was right there. So it was just so even though it was a sale for my wife, she made money on it. In the in the kingdom world, we have to focus on something that's really important, and that's value. So if we can provide massive value for somebody, then money will always come later. And the problem is, is a traditional entrepreneur focuses on the money first, and the success first, and the notoriety first, instead of focusing on on the value they can create for other people. Yes. So in the, in, in, in Matthew, I think it's six thirty three says, "Seek ye first the kingdom." That's right. All these other things get added to you. That's right. Well, if you're seeking the kingdom, the kingdom would say, "How do I be?" The, the greatest in the kingdom is the one who serves the best. Well, think about Chick-fil-A. They, they serve people at an extremely high level. They're now like the most popular fast food restaurant in the world. And they do it because they serve people better than the competition. Right, and right. So we get this mixed up in the entrepreneurial world. We think about pricing. We think about products. We think about uh, marketing. We think about advertising and sales. It comes down to service. If I can serve someone better than my competition, they will come back and they will have a smile on their face and they'll tell three people about the process. So, and then in that process, the Chick-fil-A owners have produced massive wealth. They have produced massive uh, opportunities for all the employees, the communities they serve. And I like the chicken sandwich, right? So like it's, it's, it's a value to me as a consumer and it's a value to the employees. It's a whole ecosystem they create about becoming valuable to other people. So that's something we really got to focus on. And that's and that's so so wise, but that's the entre- that's the entrepreneur in you sharing with us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great, great, great perspective. So I have some questions to ask you on the business side, and maybe we may be shifting back to this. But right now, I want to go back into. I have so many questions for you, um, but I want to go back and um, talk a little bit about your book so people can get a feel for your book. I like that. Um, how you did your chapters and you based your chapters on um, the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter where the um, model prayer is. Yes. And um, so I like how you broke each of those sections down, you know, hallowed be thy name. And then you talk about that name and then you share the, you share the entrepreneurial aspect. You share the Christian, the biblical perspective in it. Um, so how did, you know, I, I, I understand you're the entrepreneur and you're, and you have the godly perspective in it. And I, I say that because I actually did a workbook before, and it was called the godly, the godly perspective in entrepreneurship. Yeah. So I've got a couple of hundred of those out there somewhere in this world. So yeah. So um, I got to find it so I can actually put it on put it on Amazon is what I need to do. So um, tell me why you chose this particular scripture. And, and how you broke it down. Well, that's a great question. So so I'm a student. I'm always learning. I go to classes, seminars, um, stuff that's voluntary. In my business, you don't have you know, to keep a real estate license. You really don't have to do that much. It's like 20 hours of continuing it every three years. I mean, it's pretty minimal. So I'm spending a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of resources on extra classes that I want to learn. I want to be a better entrepreneur. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. So I'm going to all these classes all the time. So for the last three years, I've been collecting notes in Evernote and a notebook. On Sunday, I'm going to write a book on all this stuff. I'm pulling, I mean, I'm reading, you know, 20 to 50 books a year 
on all the top gurus out there, you know, the Anthony Robbins and the John Maxwells and the, uh, you know, Tim Ferriss, all these guys, all the famous entrepreneurial books. And so I'm downloading all these notes and I'm like, someday I'm going to turn this into a book. Well, three years ago, that's kind of what I had envisioned. About six months ago, I went to this entrepreneurial conference and it was uh, one part kingdom focus, one part uh, uh, prophetic and one part uh, business practices. Like, mm. I'm a good business person. And I had a couple people pray over me and say, you know, you need to be writing a book and this and that. I was like, I know, I know, I know. Well, I came back and I got super serious the last six months about getting the book published. So I met with a publisher. Um, you know, actually, I met with the publisher while I was on the trip. And then someone prayed over me that same day and said, I see you sit down with, you know, like this kind of prophetic word over my life. And I was like, this is crazy. So long story short, I won't bore you with all that. Uh, <laughs> I got serious about writing the book, but where I got stuck was I had all these amazing notes and ideas and principles, but I couldn't put it into like a structure that made sense. Like I've read a bunch of books that are just like kind of random uh, ideas that these people have about life business, but I felt like there was like a core like structure that was there and I couldn't figure it out. So I'm literally, my wife's on this um, cruise uh, where she was a speaker. Uh, it's called the Low Carb Cruise. And uh, she was one of the speakers on the cruise. And I'm sitting on the balcony while she was in the conference one day. And I'm just praying, I'm like, God, I want to finish this book while I'm on the ship. And he kept saying to my spirit, like, pray the Lord's Prayer, pray the Lord's Prayer. So I literally kept praying the Lord's Prayer. Well, then it was like this aha moment, that light bulb, eureka, moment where God's like, hey, that's it. Like, here, I've been trying to tell you. And it was like, oh my gosh, everything I've been thinking about of how to communicate this message of the kingdom and entrepreneurship comes down to this context that's found in that Lord's Prayer. So it literally all snapped together on this, like, literally balcony in a cruise ship. So I started scribbling down notes, and I got out my laptop, and I wrote most of the book on that cruise ship. Isn't that crazy? It, well, because I understand how God can move, <laughs> I don't consider that as crazy. It just shows that you had um, the wisdom to hear and then you followed through on what you heard to do. So I don't think it's crazy. I think it shows how God can speak quickly. And if we act quick enough, we will fully hear it and then have the outcome of it. So I think that I, I love I love that because it helps also the listeners to know that um, even though you've been thinking about it a long time, it could just with a snap hit you what it is and you just get to writing and it just flows. So that is important for us to know. I, it's just like I didn't know I was going to write a book this year on holistic wellness, mind, body, spirit. Didn't know it was the furthest thing from my mind, but it just happened to flow. And guess what? It came out in, in, in the end of May. So sometimes we may be doing things, processing do, through things, and God says, speaks to you, Spirit speaks to you and says, Derek, now it's time. And then Derek has to decide what? I'm going to put in the time now. <laughs> well, that, that's huge. And I pray for when people ask me to pray for them. I actually, like, I'm doing a book signing next week, and I'm going to literally be doing blessings on the side of the book for people. So when they sit down with me to do a book signing, I'm not just going to sign my name. I'm going to say, you know, um, you know, like, uh, it'll be a very specific blessing. Like, Dr. West, I pray that this book blesses you, your family, your business, and that God gives you unique revelations, downloads, opportunities, and favor with the right people to advance 
your business in the kingdom. So I'm going to give people very specific, unique blessings based upon what God's going to reveal to me on the spot. So that's different than just, uh, you know, for me, like, I, I'll, I, like, I'm not being an author just to be an author. It's like I truly want to bless people, and I want to find a vehicle to do that. And it just so happens to be this book is kind of like the business card almost for this blessing that I get to put on to people through God, right? And, and I, 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 lo- I love that. Um, I think I heard on the radio they were talking about Elizabeth Warren, right? And they were talking about the fact that she went, she was speaking in some place, but it wasn't the fact that she spoke there. What they were really excited about, they said she took four hours to talk to people and to sign, to sign books and to sign whatever they had. She took the time. And so that sounds like you saying, yeah, it's going to be a book signing, but this is really going to be a movement, a move of the Lord here. Um, I'm going to prophetically speak or write into people's lives in their book, say some words that the Lord gives me to say, and not just con- take it as, oh, I'm just going to sell books. That's right. That's right. And, and honestly, I mean, what's the point of all this? Everything, these books are going to burn up someday. You know, like this whole world's going to just be gone. Like we're going to have new heaven, new earth. We're going to have eternity with Christ. And it's like the things that we do now, if we're not being eternally effective, then we might as well find something else to do because, you know, if I don't want to do anything that's going to burn up tomorrow. I want to do things that are going to last forever. So, you know, and I know that we may not see all the rewards of that here on this earth. I mean, some things I believe God does reward us here on this earth, like peace that passes all understanding is one of them. I mean, like I'm in a season of my life right now where I should not have written a book. I mean, literally I've got five school age kids my wife has her business that she's trying to ramp up. I've got my real estate businesses. We have two rental properties. We're buying a third. We're literally today in the middle of purchasing a third rental property. I've got more irons and more fires than I ever have. And at the same time, I launched a book. Like, that doesn't make any sense, especially from an entrepreneurial standpoint. You don't write books to make money. Like, I've learned more and more about the book industry like, that I probably didn't want to know. But, you know, most <laughs> authors are, it's like a lost leader for them to write a book and to put it out there. It's not an entrepreneurial, like, money-making thing to write a book. And I didn't really understand that. And that's not the reason I did it. But I kind of thought, oh, as an entrepreneur, it'd be kind of fun to make some cash on the side, residual and mailbox money, you know, books coming in. But by the time Amazon gets their piece and this guy gets their piece and everything else, you might make a couple bucks a book. You're not going to get rich selling books unless, you know, you end up on Oprah's best wish list or something, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and you are you are so right. We talk about we talk about this all the time. You know, we I, I know I, I have a small group of South Carolina scribes and artisans group. And we meet like every two months and we, you know, talk about our what we're doing and things of that nature. What's working, what's not working. And one of the things for those who are book authors, I remind us all the time. We write a book because it's in our heart to do it. We write our book because we 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 sense that we have something we have a word. We have um, something that somebody needs to hear, not because we want to uh, make a million dollars. Yeah, it would be great to work, make a million dollars, but that's never our goal if we really believe that God is meets our needs and then the rest comes in due season. But I'm going to stop right there because this is a this will be a two part um, a podcast. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. So we're going to stop right here, and then we're going to come right back. Sounds good. 
As we close, I want to thank you for tuning in. If you have not subscribed to this podcast on Apple iTunes or your favorite platform, please do so today. Share a comment and give a five-star rating. Join my mailing list at drannettewestministries at gmail.com. Also, purchase a copy of my newest book, Holistic Wellness, Mind, Body, Spirit, on Amazon or at drannettewestministries.org webpage. Keep tuning in every week. I guarantee you will be blessed.